Thank you for listening to this message brought to you by First Baptist Church. Here at FBC, it's our mission to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ, and we hope that this message helps you continue to grow in your faith. This audio is property of First Baptist Church, but feel free to give away copies of this message in the hopes that others will be impacted by what they hear. For more information about FBC, or if you want to stay connected with us, visit our website at fbclloyd.ca or look us up on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks, and enjoy the latest from FBC. Hey, um, we're in a, in a series called Call Waiting, and the whole premise behind this series, if you will, is that God is wanting to communicate with us, that that's his intention, his desire. And so that's what we're looking at specifically in the series. But you'll remember, too, that what we're trying to also be doing through this course of this ministry year is develop an eternal perspective where we take the long view that helps us to, to focus on what God wants for us in our lives and what he wants to do with us in our lives, and we follow that rather than settling for second best of the short view and what we think is best for us, which inevitably is never as good as what God wants for us. And so we want to develop this eternal perspective. And so as we've come into this series then, we've been discussing from the, at the beginning the whole idea that God is wanting to communicate with us, and we want to develop that long view of tuning in to him, tuning into what he wants to do in us personally, tuning into what he wants to do through us to develop and to f- f- further facilitate his kingdom. And also then we looked at the whole idea that we can take the long view of expecting God to be talking to us day by day, that we should be we should be expecting that he wants to communicate with us, not just at random points in our lives, but regularly. And so Bruce talked about that last week. And this morning, what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, taking the long view of training ourselves then to discern, to hear and discern God's voice, rather than um, the other things that speak into our world that seem to distract us and derail us from what God wants for us. So let's just pray quickly, and then we're going to dive in and and pursue this a little bit further this morning. Father, today, thank you for this time. And Lord, I pray that this morning, as we consider this idea of you speaking to us, not even the idea, Lord, but the, the reality of that, and as we try and then facilitate that process by lending ourselves to that, by training ourselves to discern your voice, to hear and discern you. I pray that by your spirit right now that you would speak to us and that you would help us in that, that you would grow us in that, that we would be better adept at hearing from you and therefore then better at following you in our lives as you call us to grow and mature in our faith and also as you call us to help further your kingdom. So to that end, I commit this time now. I ask for your blessing upon it and I pray these things in Christ's name. Amen. All right, have you ever been in a situation or run into a, one of those scams where you get an email and it's somebody that is impersonating somebody that you know, one of your email contacts or whatever, and they're, they're emailing you and they're saying, hey, I need you to go out and get me some gift cards or, or something like that. So it looks like it's your friend, but actually it's not. It's not one of your contacts at all. It's somebody that's trying to exploit that. Or maybe, or maybe you've had the experience where somebody steals 
a friend's uh, phone and starts to text you as if it's them, right? And you get those texts and you find yourself in a conversation and all of a sudden it starts to get a little awkward, a little strange. Because usually those things kind of go one of two ways, right? You know, they try and get you to do something really embarrassing to see how gullible we are, you know, what they can get us to do. And or they try and get you to do something that they want, right? Like, so our kids would do this regularly. As a matter of fact, they still do this. They'll get a hold of Fran's phone and they'll start texting me. Hey, dear, how about we just get McDonald's tonight for supper? Right? And I look at that and I kind of go, what? Oh, Fran wants McDonald's. You know, and so... Um, that was a dead giveaway for a little while that that was the kids. They've upped their game now. They say, well, how about we do BPs or something like that? And so I get sucked into this, or, you know. Or, how about we celebrate the kids' report cards? We should go out for supper. Oh, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And before I know it, I'm committing to something that was never Fran at all. Right? Have you you've experienced that? Well, it's, it's the same thing, in a sense, with God and his voice with us to us, as he communicates to us. If we're not careful, we can buy into some things that are not him at all. And so we want to be careful to understand who this message is, who it's coming from, and whether or not we should be following it. And so um, there's a couple of things that can derail us in that process. First of all, Jeremiah talks about the fact that our hearts are deceitfully wicked. So as we're trying to understand whether it's God, we have to be careful that it actually isn't ourselves that's building something up in our own minds in order so that we can accomplish it. Rationalizing something so that we can do it. Rationalizing it so that we don't have to do it. Because we can deceive ourselves. And at the same time, then in 2 Corinthians 11, we find that, that Satan prays about like an angel of light trying to deceive us trying to get us distracted, detoured onto a track that isn't from God at all. And so we need to be aware of that. We need to be discerning on what's going on. And in John, actually, First uh, John 4, 1, John straight up tells us that we have to be careful. He says this, Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So again, I appreciate Scripture. God comes to us and says straight up, hey, listen, you've got to be careful because there are going to be others that are going to try and confuse you with their message over mine. So test it and make sure that it is actually me that you're listening to and that you're following. The question then becomes really quickly, well, then how do I test the spirits? How do I try and discern if this is God speaking to me or someone else? So today we're going to look at six different means or avenues by which that we can try and discern better if this is God or something else that's trying to distract us. So first of all, first thing that we see is that Number one, if you want to hear God's voice, you need to belong to God. You need to belong to God. In order to hear God's voice, you need to belong to Him. John 8, 47 says, Whoever belongs to God hears what God says. The reason that you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Now, Bruce talked about this a little bit last week. And if you didn't catch his message, 
then I would encourage you to go back and listen to it because it is well worth your while. And so this morning, I'm not going to try and spend a bunch of time here and reiterate a whole bunch of things, but I want to drive home the point that we need to know God before that we can hear them, before that we can hear Him. And so you actually have to come to this point in your life where you take the step of placing your faith and trust in Him. I can be here this morning, and I can have been here in church for years. And I might have come to the point where I will understand that I'm a sinner. And I can know, intellectually, that Jesus died on the cross to pay the penalty for my sin. But until I come to the place of reaching out and making an act of accepting that gift, then I am not a child of God. Like I was saying earlier in the dedication, we become a child of God when we actually then take a step and accept what God has given to us. When I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord, when I believe in my heart that God has raised Him from the dead, at that point then I am saved and become a part of His family. Until then, it's information and knowledge. But it's not a personal commitment. I have to make that personal commitment. So this morning, as you're going through life and you're wondering if God is talking to you about something, then I would encourage you first, always make sure that you have made that decision. Do not put that off. Do not miss that point. We need to be followers of Jesus, part of His family, in order to hear from Him today. So let's carry on. Second thing this morning that will help us in understanding God and hearing from Him is confessing our sin. Number two, we need to confess our sin. Isaiah 6, verses 5 to 8 say this, Woe to me, Isaiah cried. I am ruined, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I live among a people of unclean lips, and my eyes have seen the King, the Lord Almighty. This is Isaiah's commissioning. When he was caught up in a vision and and commissioned by God to go out as one of his prophets. And here, what we see is as Isaiah comes before the Lord, as he sees the Lord, what happens is he recognizes his sin. He recognizes his shortcomings, his failings before a holy God. And as that happens, then he confesses that right away. And what happens after that? Let's see. Then one of the seraphim seraphim flew to me with a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with tongs from the altar. With it he touched my mouth and said, See, this has touched your lips. Your guilt is taken away and your sin atoned for. Isaiah recognized his sin. He acknowledged that before God. And at that point then he was justified that his sin was taken away. It was atoned for. And when I heard the voice of the Lord... Sorry, then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? And I said, Here am I, send me. So as Isaiah saw his sin, recognized his sin, as then he dealt with his sin, confessed that before the Lord, at that point then he heard from God. After he had confessed, then he heard from God. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Sin is a problem. Sin is a hurdle between us and God. 
And when we don't deal with our sin before God, then we can't have communion with Him. We can't have connection with Him. His first desire, His first priority is to always deal with our sin. The problem is, is that you and I don't have that same priority, I don't think. We tend not to feel that our sin is an issue. More often than not, we think we're pretty good people. We go through life thinking that we're doing all right. In the scheme of things, we're doing pretty well. And as a result, then we just carry on. We don't prioritize sin. We don't address it. It just sort of is there in the background in our lives. And then we come to a point in our life where we really need to hear from God. There's something going on and we want to know what He wants for us in this. And we're going to Him and then we begin to wonder why it is that we can't hear Him. Why He's not speaking into our world. Where where He's disappeared to. And the fact is He's gone nowhere. He's still sitting there saying, wait a second, Doug. I'm happy to speak into your world, but before I do that, we need to settle this issue. This sin that's between us. This challenge that stands between us. So as we have unrepentant sin in our lives, sins that we are not repentant about, then we need to come to grips with that. Or even as we have sin in our lives that we're just sort of ignoring, that we're not paying attention to, we need to understand that until we do that, until we address that, until we begin to focus and look at ourselves and recognize where we're at in this whole area of sin, then it's going to be very difficult to hear from God today. Because He wants to get that addressed. And then He wants to speak into our lives going forward from there. Now, third thing that we need to understand, that we need to pursue in hearing from God, is that we need to study the Word. Romans 12 2 says this, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. Now I think that so often you and I, when it comes to hearing from God in our lives, we want that to sort of take place in some sort of a dramatic fashion. Right? We want God to do something significant to get our attention and to give us the direction that we want in our lives. Right? We want a burning bush. We're looking for some donkey to speak to us. And by donkey, I mean donkey. Right? We're looking for something supernatural. We're looking for this dramatic thing that God's going to do for us and it's going to make it so, oh, there it's so clear now. I understand what you want for me. Right? And, 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 and maybe it's not that dramatic. Maybe we're not really expecting a burning bush or we're not really expecting some animal to speak to us from God. But what we do then is we do something sort of similar on maybe a little bit lower scale. We play Bible roulette. Right? I need to hear from God on something. What am I going to eat for supper tonight? So we grab our Bibles and we 
open them and we stick our finger on a verse and we look at it. And we go, okay, well, that's God speaking to me. I think we've got to be really careful about that. Right? What am I going to eat tonight? Oh, 2 Peter 2.22. A dog returns to its vomit. Right? Like, I mean, can God speak to us that way? I suppose He can. But I don't put a lot of confidence in that. We've got to be really careful. So the bottom line here is that if we want to hear from God, then we have to spend some time in His Word. We have to get into our Bibles and study. We can't be looking for some dramatic input from God when we're not willing to spend some time in what He's given us already to hear from Him, to know Him, to understand Him. I would venture to say this morning that if we're not ready to start reading our Bibles and to spend some time in that this morning, then we should probably not be expecting a whole lot more communication from God. If we're not ready to take Him up on what He's already given us, then I would think that we're asking a little much for him to go beyond that, to talk to us. You know, it's a little bit like when kids come to us, our kids come to us, right? And they ask us for help with something. You've had that happen. And you know in the way that they're asking, whether they're asking for help really, or if they just want you to do it for them. Right? Come on, parents. Yeah? Yeah. They come to us and they make that request. And, and, and you know right away whether they're interested in actually getting this done and they're, they're going to participate with you in it or if they're just trying to get out from under it. They just want the easy answer. Would you please do this for me? I think we do that with God all the time. We've got His Word given to us. In it, He's promised to speak to us, to reveal Himself to us, to tell us about His priorities, to tell us about His desires, to tell us about His principles, the way that we should live, what's best for us. And what we do to Him is we say, yeah, that, thanks for that, but I'm busy, what have you. But oh, by the way, I've got this thing that I'm trying to figure out right now. I don't understand whether I should do this or do that or do the other thing. Would you just show me And I wonder sometimes if he doesn't look at us like I look at my kids and say, well, listen, how about this? First of all, you do some time here. Spend some time in my word. Then come back to me and we'll talk about what else I can do to help you understand. This morning, we have to get into our word. Church family, friends, We want, a, we want a silver bullet. We want something that's slick and easy. But the fact is, is that we have to spend the time. We've got to do the time in Scripture. And as we do, as we do, then we'll find that we're that much better at hearing God's voice.
that as we are presented with options and decisions in our lives, that we'll be able to hear him talking to us because we'll know him better. We'll understand him more. We'll be able to follow him that much more closely. But for the sake of this morning, I don't want to just leave it at this whole idea of, well, you've just got to get into Scripture. That's a fact. That's the foundation, and we need to understand that. But let's try and break that down a little bit further. Let's try and go a little bit deeper into that this morning. And so in this area, there's three things that I think that we can do, three approaches that we can take to understanding and pursuing Scripture so that we can discern God's voice better in our lives. First one I would suggest to you is this. Ask yourself the question, does it this line up with Jesus? As we're presented with a question, as we're trying to understand if God is speaking into our, my life today, your life today, then ask yourself, is what I'm hearing, what I'm being asked, what I have to decide about, does it make, it more, does it make me more like Jesus? Which is to say that as we come to our scripture then, as we pursue the Bible and try and read and understand it, then one of the things that I think really helps is as we go through to be writing down characteristics and attributes about Christ. Literally, build yourself a list so that we know Him better. We know His character better. So for example then, we see in Scripture that Christ is humble. Philippians 2 verse 8. We understand His servant nature. Matthew 10 28. We see that God is loving, that Christ is loving, John 13, verse 1. That he is compassionate, Luke 19, 41. That he's patient, 1 Timothy 1, 16. That he is merciful and faithful, Hebrews 2, verse 17. We see in Zechariah 9, 9 that God is just. We see in John 1, 4 that he is full of grace and truth. And here's one that you're going to love. We see that Christ is willing to suffer. Isaiah 53, verse 3. So as we understand his character, as we go to Scripture and we begin to do a tally, build ourselves a metric, if you will, a grid by which we can discern him better, then we can ask ourselves questions. Well, is this thing that I'm being asked to do, is that going to help me be more humble? Or is it going to actually stroke my ego and my pride? Is this thing that I'm being asked to do, is it going to help me serve God more? Or is it actually going to result in me serving Him less? Is it going to take me away from His call on my life to serve Him? Does it help me serve myself more. And we can work our way down the list. If I do this, will I be recognized as being more faithful? Or is it going to call me, ask me, require of me to renege on a commitment that I've made previously where I've given someone my commitment, my word? And as we run these things through that grid, then we begin to see if this is God or not. Because if it's leading me away from these things, the character of Christ, and John, God tells us that it is His intention to mold us into the image of His Son. 
That's his first and primary objective with each one of us. So if he is calling us to do something, you can bet your bottom dollar that it is going to line up with that objective, which is to say that it's going to make you more like Christ. And if it doesn't, then you can be awfully sure that it isn't him calling you in that. And here again, let me go back to Isaiah 53.3. Because as we look to God, so oftentimes again, we think that God is always leading us towards the better, the comfortable, the things that we enjoy. And that is not always the case. So be very, very careful. Because when we see something that is going to make us suffer, that does not automatically disqualify it as being God in our lives. As a matter of fact, I would tend to think that that should get our attention because oftentimes God does call us to sacrifice ourselves for the sake of Him and His kingdom. So don't disqualify that quickly because in Isaiah 53.3 we understand that God is willing to suffer. That Christ was willing to suffer for the will of the Father. And we need to as well. Second thing, as it comes to Scripture, as we approach Scripture, the second question that we can ask is, does it line up with the Holy Spirit? Galatians 5, and 23 say, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So as we look at what we're being called to or asked of or what have you, and are trying to discern if that's God or not, when we can ask ourselves a very simple question. Is it promoting the fruit of the Spirit in my life? Is it promoting these things in my life? And secondarily, then, is it promoting these things in the life of others that I will impact? Because here again, if this is working for me and it's not working for those around me, then again I can know that that is not God. Because God is not working in my best interests and not in yours. He's working in all of our best interests. And so we need to be very careful then that we are not self-serving, self-seeking in what we're being called to do and discerning that. Ask ourselves a question. Does this line up with, does this contradict the Holy Spirit, and the fruit that He's trying to grow in my life. The third thing, quickly, as it pertains to pursuing God in Scripture through His Word, ask yourself the question, does this line up with other sections of Scripture? Other parts of His Word to us? So for example, James 3 14 to 17, you could actually go back to 13, but for the sake of time, 14 to 17 this morning, says this, James writes, but if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. Such wisdom, quote unquote, does not come down from heaven, but is earthly, unspiritual, and demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere. First of all, we see there 
that we are not to do anything, not to do anything out of envy or selfish ambition. So as we're trying to discern God's voice to us, His word in our life, ask yourself, is this leading me towards envy or self-ambition? Somehow, is this becoming about me? Am I, am I building, am I deluding myself, convincing myself to do something out of those improper, poor motives? Or on the other hand, is this leading me towards things that are pure, peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere? Do my motives line up with those things or are they closer to the first two? Is it God? Is it me? Is it him? Is this Satan planting a seed, bad seed in my life? Fourth thing this morning that we need to look at is that we need to be obedient. If we want to hear from God this morning, if we want to know his voice in our lives, then we need to be obedient. John 7.17 says this, Anyone who chooses to do the will of God will find out whether my teaching comes from God or whether I speak on my own. As we do the will of God, we will grow in knowing the will of God. And I've said it before, and you know it, you're not going to get rocket science from me, so I appreciate things that are really simple and straightforward. And this is really simple and straightforward. John just tells us straight up. If you want to be able to discern the will of God, well then do it. And again, I look at my life and I think to myself, man, Doug, dude, you like it simple, but even this isn't simple enough for you a lot of the time. Because so oftentimes I know what I'm supposed to do and I don't. I know what I'm not supposed to do and yet I do. And what I need to do is I need to train myself because as when I willfully just ignore God and what He's calling me to, like, I mean, again, people come into my office, kids come into my house, sit down, they want to know from me, what should I do, what should I do, what should I do? What does God tell me to do, what have you? And we can sit down and have these conversations and a week later, or two weeks later, a month later, they come back into my office, they come back home, and they say, oh, well, what should I be doing about this? And I look at them and I say, well, have you done what we talked about before? What we decided before? You know, what God has laid out for us before? Well, no. <laughs> and so then I'm thinking to myself, like, I mean, well, then why is God going to speak any further? Why should I talk any longer? It's here. Go and do it. So John says to us, just straight up, hey guys, you want to know God's will? How about you start doing God's will? And then it becomes clear as we go. A fellow by the name of Roy Lawson used to be the president of the fellowship that we're a part of as, a, as a FBC. And, and um, he, was a, he was a little guy, I loved him. 
uh, we'd, I didn't get to know him very well at all. He, I would just get to know him as he came through and would speak in the church here every once in a while over the years. He was short, and he talked about God. And I always, I just loved that because he would talk about God, and he would bounce on his toes. Anyways, one day he was talking, telling a story about the fact that he had been invited to uh, a Bible school to, to do a course on knowing God's will. So he walked into the first class that first day, and he put his briefcase down on the, on the desk, and he walked around to the front of the desk, and he looked at all these students sitting in this lec- lecture theater, and, and he said to them, is this the class on knowing and doing the will of God? And they all, yes, it is. And so he said, well, that's great. Well, then what I would like to say then is go home and do today what you know God is calling you to do today. And he walked around the back of the desk and he closed his briefcase and he walked out of the office, out of the lecture theater and closed the door and he stood there. And of course, everything started, first of all, to be really silent. And then it got agitated. And these students were upset. Like, what is, what's that all about? Come on, we're supposed to be learning this class and knowing and doing the will of God. And that's it? Guy, prof comes in, lays that down, and then walks out, and they were not happy. So he let them stew for a few minutes, and then he walked back in and he said this. He said, if you're not willing to do today what God is calling you to do today, then don't ask him what you, he wants him to do, or sorry, what he wants you to do for the rest of your life. It starts with doing the will of, day, will of God today. And as we do that, then he will begin to open up the doors of tomorrow. Number five, the fifth thing, quickly here. If we want to hear God, that I would, then I would encourage us that we need to be quiet. We need to be quiet. We have to train ourselves to take the long view of setting some time aside in our lives where we are just still and know God. Psalm 4610a says, Be still and know that I am God. Here again, we read that. And like me, we kind of just stick it in the back and keep going. Isn't that right? Isn't that what we do? We're busy in our lives unpacking all the things we have to do. And beyond that, We're trying to cram in all, as much as we can, of the things we want to do. And unfortunately this morning, being still, drawing near to God in just quietness, doesn't usually fall in either of those categories. It's not something that we feel that we have to do. And it's not often something that we want to do. And as a result, we then just don't do. And so we don't have this opportunity where we just stop and we try and block out some of the rest of the noise of our lives and listen for God. Sit there and just say, hey Lord, you know what's coming up for me. You know what's ahead. What do you want? What's your will? What, where should I go? What should I do? Do I take the job? Do I not take the job? Do we move? Do we not move? 
Should, should I actually serve in kids? Should I be a small group leader, facilitator? What, what do you want from me? And then just listen. Even as we try and seek God's will, so oftentimes we just do it on the fly. We try and cram that in on the drive to work. You know, we kind of say, hey, Lord, I've got to pick up the kids. What, by the way, should I marry this guy? Or should they? No, that's probably not bad, bad order, isn't it? Bad order. Should I have kids? <laughs> Which, I mean, we try and filter it in between meetings or whatever. Run, run, run. Sandwich that in the middle somewhere. On to my next thing. And then we think, well, where's God been in this? Why hasn't he talked to me? He's just waiting for a moment when we'll sit down and be still and listen to him. Lastly, this morning, really quick, if we want to discern the will of God, if we're having trouble understanding if it's him or not, then phone a friend. Phone a friend. Ephesians 3.10 says, His intent was that now through the church the manifold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms. So here we see from Paul that God's intent was that through the church God's wisdom would be made known. Through the church. Now here's the thing. I'm not the church and you're not the church. We're the church. So I can't look at myself and always know the wisdom of God. And I can't look at you and expect that always you are going to know the will of God. But together, God has seen fit to make His wisdom and His knowledge known. So as I'm having a struggle understanding if God's speaking into my life in a certain way, then what makes good sense is for me to pr- approach others in the body and ask them for help on that. Because in the counsel of many, then there's wisdom. So as you're having a struggle to understand and know God, phone a friend. Find somebody in your life that you know is godly, that's a spiritual, well-grounded person. And then call them and share what you're going through, what you're trying to make a decision on, what you're trying to discern, and have them speak into your life and help you with that. And together, then we can have better success at hearing from God. Six things that we can do, six avenues that we can pursue to hear God and to know His voice better. It's not an exhaustive list. This week in your small groups, you'll have an opportunity to add to that with other things that you might be using, other means that you're employing. That would be awesome. But I'm confident that as we start to engage ourselves in these, as we start to employ them in our lives, to know and hear God better, that we will indeed hear from Him, be able to discern His voice. Before I close, just really quickly this morning, two more things. Over the last 20 months or so, COVID has 
arrived in our world. And as that's happened, and as we've come up against some things that have freaked us out a little bit, especially at the beginning, as we were contemplating and starting to understand, how bad is this going to be? And as we realized that we didn't have the means and the mechanisms to just resolve that problem right off the hop, and as we started to see people fall sick and die and so on, I wondered at that point if that was going to be an opportunity in our lives where we would hear God, where we would come back to Him, that we would recognize who we are and how fragile we are, how insufficient we are as people. And then that, that might cause us to turn back to Him, but I don't think it has. Unfortunately, as we look across North America in particular anyway, we've seen that less people have come back to church we're down by a quarter to a third across the continent. And I want to ask this morning, are we, are, are we missing God? Have we missed God in this? Are we tuning into Him? As we're seeing now, natural disasters like what have happened in BC and similarly other places around the world, the states, hurricanes and issues down there, flooding in Europe and, and so on and so forth. Could that perhaps be God just turning up the volume a little bit more? Trying to get our attention, trying to have us tune in to Him, to listen to Him, to try and hear from Him? I'd encourage you go home. And read 2 Chronicles 7, verse 13. And ask yourself, could it be, is it possible that God is trying to get our attention this morning? Just a question. I pray that we're not missing Him as He tries to speak into the lives of His people today. Last thing, and on a much better note, Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says this, You will seek me and find me, God says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. This morning, church family and friends, take heart. Don't be dismayed. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope. God does want to speak to you. God does want to communicate with you. He does want to speak into our lives. We just need to seek Him with all our heart. He's not trying to be confusing. He's not trying to be aloof. He just wants our full attention. And as we give that, then we will find Him. We will know Him. We'll be able to follow Him. Let's pray. Father, today again, Lord, thank You. Father God, thank You so much that You are not aloof, that You are not removed from us, but that You are here day by day wanting to speak to us. 
Lord, that you don't want it to be confused. You don't want us to be disconfused. You want us to be able to know you and to follow you. You want to be able to speak into our lives for our benefit and for the benefit of your kingdom. And so, God, I pray that by your spirit that you would now move us, that you would help us to do the things that we can do, that we would leverage these means that you've given us so that we can know you and hear you better. And so to that end, I ask for your blessing, and I ask these all again in Christ's name and for his sake. Amen. Thanks again for coming. Have a really good week. We'll see you next Sunday.